Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 414 with our amazing guest, Alex Wang. He is a VFX supervisor and his last, uh, he's currently working on the HBO show Last of Us, uh, which is very, very exciting. I have uh, worked with Alex in the past. He and I were both on Tron together, which was, I think, probably the first time we kind of uh, worked together. Although we find out in the podcast we had worked on similar movies or same movies at different places. Uh, he is, from experience, one of the nicest guys in the visual effects industry. Super cool and amazingly humble considering the incredible work that he has done and the incredible projects he's worked on. Uh, Kristen, what do you think of Alex? Yeah, like this is an amazing podcast. Um, we get to hear his story of how he tried to get into Blizzard and then landing one of his dream jobs at HBO and The Last of Us. Um, he kind of just takes us through his career, the highs and lows, some real, really fun stories. Um, talks about how Fast and the Furious movies are ridiculous, but you still need them to look photo real. Um, right. To his 20 day shoots for one episode on The Last of Us, which I thought that was just, that seemed like long for one episode, but he gets into Have you seen the bit. shows? <laughs> Yeah, I just I start I just started watching it. So yes, it is it justifies what, that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But he, you know, he's worked with you at DD, DNAG, um, ILM, and now at HBO. Um, but he does, he just freelances. Um, but he's gotten some really good movies under his belt from Deadpool, which I think was his first VFX super role, um, mm-hmm. Jurassic World, uh, The Fallen Kingdom, and The Dominion, and then Terminator Dark Fate. So just like you said, nice guy, amazing work. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to him, it's like, and you know, he's he's sort of been humbled. Uh, hu- he's humbling to to talk to because he literally got to work on some of the biggest you know franchises like Jurassic Park and Terminator. Like these are huge, mm-hmm. right? And and Deadpool obviously is a, is another one, but uh, and it's really really cool guy and uh, just a nice person overall to talk to and uh, has a really great insight in terms of the industry and how he got to be the way he is. And uh, just goes to show you if you have if you want to try something, don't afraid to try he tried and failed to get into yep. blizzard <laughs> and he still managed to do all these amazing things uh so really cool guy uh yeah all right we've got uh several uh, big announcements uh one of our big product announcements uh and you can get this at chaos.com is v-ray 6 for 3ds max update one is out uh it involves lots of cool new things uh lots of new little updates as you guys know we love to throw in tons of product updates uh, on these on these releases uh we've got no masking for lens effects and denoising uh we actually have v-ray for material uh v-ray light materials now can be adjusted in post-processing We've got a bunch of USD support that's been added to it, faster renderers, uh, scene loading as well for big scenes, for for big heavy scenes. Uh, V-Ray environment fog has been sped up by 30%. Uh, we have uh, done a bunch of things to GPU rendering updates there, including uh, 50% less GPU memory for textures, uh, for large textures especially. So lots of great stuff has been done. Uh, so definitely go check it out. V-Ray 6 for 3DS Max Update 1. And before you start asking, when are the updates coming for the other pro- uh, product lines? Don't worry, Dave. We'll be coming soon. So those will slowly be rolling out as we go. All right. We have uh, one event that's an ongoing event that you heard us talking about. Kristen, tell us more about that. Yeah, you can find this out at chaos.com slash events, but it started January 31st and it is going to March 30th. It is called Tools and Techniques to Visualize an Eco-Friendly Home. So you can learn how to render an animated virtual tour with Chaos Vantage and V-Ray 6 for SketchUp. Um, and this is a recording, so you can go on any time from now till March 30th. 
Perfect. And if you guys obviously just keep track of all the events happening, just go to chaos.com slash events to follow us there. But if people want to know more about the podcast, Kristen, where can they go? You can go to facebook.com slash CG garage podcast or chaos.com slash CG garage or go to YouTube dash chaos group TV. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and of course, if you guys have any ideas for other uh, guests or, uh, or comments or ideas, anything, we'll, we'll take and we'd love to get your emails. Labs at chaos.com is our email. And we do definitely put your suggestions and take them into consideration. So let us know. Uh, again, that is labs at chaos.com. But for now, please enjoy episode number 414 with Alex Wang. Welcome to another CG Garage where the chaos group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. The first time we worked together was Tron, right? Yeah, back in Tron. But I looked at your, I looked at your IMDb, and we've actually worked on a bunch of movies, <laughs> <laughs> different things. Through so different locations. Through different locations. Yeah, I mean, it is a small industry. But let's 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 go. Let's start with that. Let's start with uh, uh, you know what got you into visual effects. Like, how did this? What was your 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 origin story? Yeah, you know, uh, probably like many, as a kid, um, I I played video games and I loved watching movies, right? Um, so, but there was a few particular games that I played a lot of that where the cinematics were so good, and it was the Blizzard games, right? The Warcrafts, the Starcrafts, and I just fell in love with the cinematics, and I just always, from very early on, was, was like, I... My dream was to work at Blizzard one day. Really? Oh, yeah. And, of course, when I watched, like, Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. So um, I applied for Ringling School of Art and Design. And, okay. Um, I was in, in Florida. In Florida. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And did the four-year program there, the Bachelor of, of uh, Fine Arts of uh, Animation. Uh uh, met some really good people there. I you know, love my teachers, learn a lot and everything. Um, it's definitely more, I feel like it's probably evolved now. I mean, it's, it's, the school's huge now. I, I think if I walked back into the campus, I wouldn't recognize it. It's very uh, animation centric. And, <laughs> and very early on, I was like, you know what? Animation's not my thing. <laughs> right. I, I love doing a lot of different things like model texture, like being a generalist, but I found that animation was like, ah, yeah, I just, yeah, n- not my strong suit. So um, I, I left after I graduated. Um, I, I went to Chicago and lived with my sister for a little bit, trying to trying to apply for jobs as, as everyone was as well. And um, so this was when about uh, 2003, like, okay. yeah, yep. I'd say end of 2002, t- 2003. Um, and so I, I was like, you know, all right, still eye on the prize. I want to work at Blizzard. And um, so one of the graduates, um, uh, and I think it was, he was 2001, Ryan Duncan. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know Ryan, but he's he basically uh, he he got a job at Blizzard, and okay. I, I knew that, so I kept in contact with him. And I I one day I just emailed him and, and said, "Hey Ryan, like I know I love your work. You know I you know we we talked when we we're at Ringling. How do I get a job at Blizzard?" And he's like, "Okay, here's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta." You gotta, you know, you don't need a, a, a big fancy demo reel. Uh, you just need to impress them with uh, really good skills that you have. And I said, okay, yeah, great. Um, how do I do that? He's like, okay, well, look, um, if you, he's, he basically told me if I'm willing to put in the work, he will critique my work. And he did that. And I'm so grateful for him because I, um, so I, I basically made this orc, you know, like everyone <laughs> does <laughs> in 2003. Like, what do I do? Uh-huh. Make an orc. Uh, okay. So I, I made an orc and, he, you know, it's probably went on for, I'd say, a uh, month or two where he just looked at my work. I made the changes. Basically, I think for him, he, he liked it because it was also honing his supervision skills to just, you know, also just giving notes, right? Sure. So... Um, and then at, after, after a while, he, he finally was like, okay, yeah, I think it's ready. I'll send this off to Blizzard recruiting and see what they say. And you might hear back. So, um, I did hear back and they were like, let's do a call. And <laughs> I know I was so nervous. Imagine right. The first job interview I got out of school was my dream job, right? That was where I wanted right. to work. And, and, uh, <laughs> You didn't have a practice one. No, <laughs> like, no. I was like, maybe I should go to get a job at Gap first. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that interview first. Uh, mm-hmm. No, so I I blew it. I totally blew it. And <laughs> how did you blow it? I, I was I was nervous and I was too much of a fanboy. I think. Oh, right. you know, I was like, oh, my dream job is to work here, and yeah, and I think they're like, okay, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, you do good work, but I think they just, they were looking for somebody with more maturity at that time. (laughs) I heard the same thing at ILM. Sometimes people interview at ILM and they're like super Star Wars geeky fans and they're like, nope, (laughs) you're going to be nothing but trouble here. (laughs) Exactly. So I was, I fall into that category. Um, so I was, I was devastated when I heard, I was like, Oh man, I now what do I do? Now, I don't. I, should I just get a job at Gap? No, right. and you know I don't. I didn't have a plan B. I put all my eggs in that basket. And then uh, one of my other college friends, uh, I remember I didn't go to Sigraph because I was just like, you know, maybe this is not for me, and I should just sure not do this. Um, and uh, my friend Ben Sprout uh, emailed me and said. Hey, you know, I'm at SIGGRAPH and if you're looking for a job as a generalist or texturing, modeling, I know that's what you like to do. There's this studio, this is kind of like the golden age in California, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, studios in, um, in the Bay area at the time. And, uh, he's like, there's a studio called the orphanage. I don't know if you heard of, it. I'm like the orphanage. I've never heard of that place. Uh, he's like, yeah, you know, one of the, and another graduate uh, from, from Ringling um, worked there and 
he has Alex Whitney, who is a fantastic animator. Uh, sure. He's like, yeah, let me uh, put you in touch with Alex Whitney and, um, you know, then see how, see what happens. So I contacted Alex and he remembered me and he was just like, yeah, sure. I'll, you know, tell me what you have and I'll put it in front of uh, the guys here. Um, so I, that same orc thing that I made for Blizzard, I'm like, well, this yeah. is, it's, and basically one still image, <laughs> right? It wasn't, it wasn't even right. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, well, okay, well, this is all I got. And, and, uh, Alex is like, okay, fine. Uh, put it in front and I got an email from them and, um, I got an interview with Kevin Bailey, who oh, to right. this day is one of my best friends. He was a groomsman, uh, in my wedding, you know? Uh, he's been on this podcast <laughs> oh he has okay great yeah <laughs> nice yeah so yeah. um and i remember the interview and he was just like oh, okay yeah i i really like that work that you made and then uh, you know just like talking about it and i think between seeing some uh maybe some talent and also being desperate right timing you know so much of it as you know it's all about timing yeah. luck and of course uh talent but there's also that guy right there's someone who or or girl who just takes the demo reel from the bottom of the stack and puts yeah. it yeah oh yeah yeah that's <laughs> part of luck and that's part of who you know and everything and yep. uh but you know once it gets on top and people take notice of it you, that person it still has to be good work um, yes of course yeah. so i basically got the job as a junior texture painter uh, okay. at the orphanage and my first <laughs> Some small world, but my first job there was the day after tomorrow. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so orphanage. So you guys were doing. Let me think. I'm trying to remember orphanage. What was doing? There was a hurricane sequence. Is that one of the things you were doing? Yeah, like the the freezing, freezing hurricane. Yeah, thing, right? the, what you call with, it like, with the, the helicopter. Yeah, the helicopter freezing. freezing yeah. The Empire State Building freezing. Uh, yes. Yes, I model that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the models textures were amazing. Uh, we just couldn't. Uh, this is a time where memory was a huge issue. So, right, I was like, these guys, they're they're eight K texture, four K textures, they're insane. <laughs> so, yeah. So I my first task was to like basically batch resize all of them into I don't know one K or something like that. So sure, it was something. Very, I was excited. Uh, you know, that was sure. like my job, and I was just like trying to learn and everything. And it was a nine one one for us, so it yep. was a high pressure. Uh, but I, I loved every moment of it. And yeah, working in the orphanage, um, I got to know. Like, I've made some of my best friends in my life there. Like it was just that type type of place. Uh, yep. They uh, just between like Jonathan Rothbard to Kevin Bailey, Ryan Tuttope. Uh, uh, Stu Mastiewicz, all of these guys. I, I was there for six years. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, okay, that's a while. Lot. So, yeah, so that was my first job. And, um, yeah, and it's one of those places where every time Kevin, uh, Jonathan, and we all meet up, we're always like, yeah, I remember the good old days at the orphanage, you know. It's just I've worked at many other great places after that, but it's never quite the same as at the orphanage. Right. Yeah, I'm sure for you, like DD's kind of that that place, right? Yeah, I mean it's the first place you you know you get to you go in there all like 
you know, it was, it was all new and amazing. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, it was a little scary because I came from a very good job in architecture, which was super nice and fancy. Right? <laughs> was that. And I walked into DD and it looked like, you know, you're walking into a fraternity yeah. and I'm like, oh, my God, did I make a huge mistake? Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, all the Ikea coffee cups are all cracked and chipped and like it was just really yeah. kind of different. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, th- those those fondness were pretty special. And the orphanage was kind of an interesting place, right? It, it it was started by XILM guys, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Jonathan, would, I, we call him J-Bart, and then uh, mm-hmm. Stu and Scott Stewart, they yeah. were basically at the Rebel Mac unit, mm-hmm. um, and they kind of split off from there. And funny enough, we were in the Presidio, which is where ILM is at. Used to be. Well, they're still at. Oh, they're, they yeah. are now, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> we, were, we were there first. <laughs> right. And, they were uh, under construction for a long time, but um, yeah, so we were basically neighbors right. for a while there. Yeah, um, okay. yeah, and then so at the orphanage, I basically um, worked my way up to um, become a generalist. It was it was one of those. I I definitely have like a like a funny kind of movie moment there, where and what I mean by that is like so I'm I'm basically doing my texture resizing and everything down, down resing everything. And then one day there's just, that didn't have enough people. And they said, there's this one shot. Um, you know, I think it's when they're walking through, there's like a Wendy's there. Uh, they're like, we, we, can you do something with this? Like, uh, just here, this is your shot. I'm like, Oh my God, like, this is daunting. Like, okay. So I just started to like put things together and, and Photoshop. It was basically, I was in Photoshop messing around with it, just trying to create a look. And then mm-hmm. <clears throat> they were like, okay, cool. They had rounds and they're like, oh yeah, that, that looks pretty decent. Let's see what the VFX soup, um, Raymo things. Um, and, and so I was like, oh God, it's like my right. first shot. It was like, everyone remembers their first shot in dailies. So yeah. I submitted it. It was like this small crowded room. Um, I was way in the back and, and, uh, I just remember my shot comes up on the screen and Ramos like, uh, that's the shot. That's the look we have to go for. I love that shot. Who did that shot? And literally everyone's just like looking around. And then like that, <laughs> that moment where everyone just kind of turned back to me. And I was like, <laughs> I think I, I whimpered mine. <laughs> yeah. Who is this guy? Yeah, no. so, uh, that was kind of the moment where I was like, wow, that's, that was insane how that all kind of transpired. But, um, yeah. So after that, I, I got to, I worked on such cool projects there. Um, Sin City, the first one, you know, um, yep. working on that film with Stu and Ryan, um, just a, it was, just had a really nice look to it and the amount of freedom, freedom that I can have just to sort of work up a shot um was was amazing right as a somebody that was just starting out so yeah so that was kind of uh my my story for the orphanage awesome awesome and so you said you were there for six years what was your next stop after that um after that i went to image movers digital i uh yeah which is up north still in the bay area i I kind of after because i i basically 
my career grew up. I grew up at the orphanage, right? And I loved it. Right. But I, I felt like, you know, we were using, um, I wouldn't say, I like we were using like Brazil, uh, I think at the time, you know, it was like a little yep. bit of V-Ray, but mental, like we were using all of it. Um, right. And that was fun. But I was like, you know, I, I kind of want to try a big studio for a little bit just to try out Render Man to see what everything's about. I feel like I needed to take that next step and leap and sort of uh, try that out. So I went to Image Movers. And were you still sort of generalist at this point? Or were you um, sort of I was going at, into lighting more? Looked at. Looked yeah, at. I was part of it. Okay. So I went there as a, as a look. That was more like modelers do modeling. And then because yes, yes. they... The, I mean, when I joined it, I think it was 70 people, but it grew to 500 people, maybe. Image movers. Image movers digital, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I just had out uh, Jonathan Eggstone. Oh, yeah. 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 And I, I think Sonny Bouchard was there, too. Yeah. Who else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, we. it was an all-star cast that, mm-hmm. that went over there, and uh, I, I really... Again, I really enjoyed my experience there. I think I got what I wanted out of it, which was just work in a big company, um, be a part of a big pipeline, work with super talented people, work on cool projects. Um, and I'm assuming you're working on Christmas Carol, right? Yeah, Christmas Carol. And then a little bit of... Um, uh, Mars has yeah, Mars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's... The same for a lot of people that is in visual effects, the sickening part of what we have, which is I started to miss visual effects. I was like, you know, like this stuff is cool, but it's not, I I really like doing like photoreal things. And I like working with a plate. I I just, that was, I I don't know why, but there's just something in my visual effects DNA that I just wanted to do. Sure. Um, so I actually was like, I, and then when the, when DD came about and they were saying, Hey, we, uh, my, my good friend who, who I knew from the orphanage. And I think briefly at image movers, Aaron finger, he, uh, was a producer. Yeah. He, um, was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm moving up to Vancouver to start DD's, uh, sort of satellite studio there. We're looking for a lead looked up I think you'd be great for this um and I said you know what I I I could give the Bay Area a little break and just sort of I could do this one thing for like a year and come back (laughs) been there ever since yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's home now but uh so I yeah I I went up there and I obviously interviewed with Eric and uh, very intimidating <laughs> interview, yeah. but you know, I, I just, I remember that interview and I think he asked me a question of basically if I cared more about the technical aspect of something or the art, or, uh, artistic. And I said, Oh, for sure. The artistic. And then he just kind of looked at me like, okay, all right. That's the right yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget yeah. that. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then. Um, yeah, so I got the job and I, it's interesting that you say that because that's such an Eric thing to say. And I, I, because I think he always saw the render man looked at people Mm -hmm. as too technical and not passionate about looking good. Right. And so he always, and so that was one of the reasons he was sort of always pushing for people who had more generalist ideas because he always thought they were more more artistic. And that's why 
he pushed for V-Ray as well. It was just because I think um, an artist can be an artist. It's Mm -hmm. more user-friendly. Like there's no, I I guess in what we do sometimes, there's no, um, to say like, oh, I did this technical thing, but it doesn't look that great. There's, you know, you don't get anything out of that. But if you're just being artistic and it looks great and you have the software that allows you to do that, yeah, I think that's, that wins, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know he certainly, I mean, he, he's, he and I have talked about you in the past, believe it or not. <laughs> hey, he's always, he's always had a huge amount of respect for you. And I think that was really cool. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. No, we've become uh, really good friends as well. And mm-hmm. um, I saw him out here when I'm in LA right now. So um, oh, okay. yeah, I'm, I'm posting LA right now. Um, but yeah. So again, another sort of supervisor of mine that are highly respected or respect and he is now a really good friend of mine, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, I moved up to Vancouver. Right. So we're, we're on Tron. Yeah, we're <laughs> Which is where, where you and I started to work together a lot more when we were doing that. And it was interesting. It was my first – you were one of the people that I was, you know, in Vancouver who I would communicate with quite a bit. Because yeah. we, yeah. we were – especially towards the end, we had to – coordinate a lot of stuff together oh, yeah. to get it to look right yeah oh yeah definitely no you were doing the recognizer stuff at the end right Some of yeah them. we did the scene yeah exactly when um the recognizer kind of comes down you know and gets i forgot it flynn no uh, what's his name the main yes yeah um so that whole sequence where he's he's in that he's in that town um Yes. Uh, yeah. So that, and then there were some other ones, but that was the the, the most memorable uh, memorable one that we did. Um, sure, sure. And then, of course, at the end, um, we had the whole third act to kind of do in the span of like. Uh, oh right, one, and with the rectifier, yeah. with the giant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That was that was a lot of work. <laughs> it was a ton of work. I mean, it was basically all CG. Yeah. It was. We were making a. And we didn't have much time yeah, left no. on the show. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was again, <clears throat> a really fun project. Yeah. I, I learned a lot and, you know, it definitely, my <laughs> stress points definitely hit, hit the peaks on that show. But, sure. um, yeah, I think it was, it was, uh, it was, it was a, overall a really fun show. Awesome. Awesome. So you stuck at DD for a while up there in Vancouver? Yeah, I did. Um, I think four, five years, I think four years, maybe. Yeah, just almost okay. five. Uh, yeah, I was there. Um, so my first visual effects supervisor job was Deadpool. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, it's it's sort of at that point, it was, it was a full circle because the visual, the overall supervisor was uh, Jonathan Rothbart, who mm-hmm. I knew really well from the orphanage. And, right. and we had always talked about wanting to work together again, one way or the other. And then when he went client side, um, we kept in touch uh, as friends, really, as good friends. And um, so when he got Deadpool, I didn't at the time I didn't even know much about Deadpool, and I knew he was a comic book character. So right. I was like, yeah, he, I, I love Tim Miller. I mm-hmm. you know I obviously I love uh, Jonathan Rothbart. 
Mm-hmm. And Deadpool, once I started doing research, I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he's actually the not your typical superhero. So I thought it was really cool. And it's one of those movies where no, there's no expectations as far as from the general audience. No, nobody really knew what to expect. Right. I think it was that trailer that hit on Valentine's Day yes. where, <laughs> where it blew up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was my, I mean, talk about being fortunate to have my first job as a supervisor be that because it was just so much fun. Um, that's kind of like one of the best you can get because you don't have much expectation. And so when it hits big, yeah. it's just, yeah. you get all the, exactly. all the rewards. Yeah. For it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely, um, that was the, the feeling, um, we, we were kind of the unsung heroes with, with that, with that, with that film. And you were a DD at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was- so what were the sequences that DD was working on Deadpool? Um, we did a lot of the Colossus work. So God, yes, right. Yeah. So it was Colossus, <clears throat> the, the third act, excuse me, <coughs> the third act, um, where there was the, air- the aircraft carrier, yeah, the aircraft so carrier, the big fight, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we we did that, and a little bit of the stuff that when they're on the overpass, uh, fighting. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Cool. Awesome. 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 Okay. Well, those are some good films already. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, so you 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 uh, I guess you're you're at ILM now, but did you you didn't you do a little stand at DNEG as yeah. well? Yeah. So <clears throat> after okay. um, finishing up on on um deadpool i i took a job at dneg okay and the i was there for one show i was there for fast fast eight fast and furious nice um so i mean i i think for deadpool i was very much sheltered by jonathan when we're because it was we were when we're on set he kind of taught me what a supervisor does on set and where, where I should be, you know, you know don't just get crafty. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. He always made fun of me for, for stay, uh, standing around crafty all the time on Deadpool. Right. But, um, and then, so I learned a lot and it was in Vancouver. So it was like a very nice sort of first show on set. Um, and then we, for fast eight, I mean, I would, it was definitely uh, different. Right. Cause uh, I, we shot in Cleveland for, uh, I want to say like two months or a month. I can't remember. It was, a, it was a while. We were in Cleveland. We're okay. basically, we, we did the New York sequence in fast eight we shot okay. in Cleveland to make it look like New York. Um, okay. and then we, we spent like a few weeks in, in New York and, uh, to shoot some plates. But, um, so that was, I, I, you, I love working on the fast films because they are ridiculously they're ridiculous but in a way where they still have to feel real you know right like they, it needs to be photo real like it needs to sure. yeah you might have cars dropping out of a building but the cars gotta look real like it's like as if they did this as a stunt right right um so I really enjoy doing that. Like the cities, like trying to make Cleveland feel like New York. That was a lot of fun. That was great. 
Um, and, and there's, there's just, DNAG is such, just such a strong environment, environments, uh, studio, um, just a huge history and sort of knowledge on how to, how to do it right, how to do it properly. So, right. um, I definitely learned a lot there as well. And just, um, understanding future environment shows like the one I'm on now, um, just kind of, uh, how to approach that. What's the best approach for, for things like that. Um, right. yeah. And then, so after that, I, um, you know, Eric was, went to, went to ILM. So, mm-hmm. uh, he actually moved up to, to, uh, Vancouver. So, and he was basically like, Hey, we're looking for a supervisor if you're interested. And I, so I, you know, ILM is kind of like after blizzard with ILM. <laughs> right, right, right. Why wouldn't I, why would I say no? So, um, yeah, and so I, I was at ILM for a few years. I actually right now I'm not at ILM. Um, I'm at, oh, okay. I'm actually just freelance. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but at my time at ILM, I mean, I think I definitely like grew up as a supervisor at I, at ILM in the sense okay. of like they really taught me how to be a filmmaker. Right. Okay. I think there's the aspects of there's obvious things that you just learn from being a leader, being, uh, you know, technical aspects, dealing with clients and and all that. Yes. Comes with, without saying as a, being a supervisor, but I think what, uh, ILM has is they, they, from day one, in fact, if you are any employee at ILM, you get this pamphlet that basically says you are a filmmaker. Doesn't matter what you do, what level you're at, you are you are a filmmaker. You, your decisions that you make day day to day contribute to the final product, right? Right. Which I was like, totally makes sense, but never thought of it that way. It's almost like romanticizing visual effects in a way. Sure. Uh, so, and just the. Yeah, obviously, with ILM, there's the legends, right? The the John Knowles, uh, uh, Rob, and Jeff White, all of them um, were great mentors. And um, you know, John, I remember John Knoll would always say, "I'm not a perfectionist, so you shouldn't be either." Meaning, uh, you don't need to pixel f <laughs> right <laughs> till. Uh, and it's just, they really taught me how to look at a shot and what's important where the, you know, all, all these things that, um, was great. So I was, I was there for a while. Oh, and David Vickery, uh, who was on the Jurassic world, uh, with me, uh, really great guy and just, um, learned so much from him. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, so, so you went to work on the Jurassic. Yeah stuff there yeah okay. i i so i worked on i mean again checking off those bucket list <laughs> films I, I worked in jurassic world um the second one and then i worked on terminator right again, oh dark fate with with eric and with uh tim dark fate, yep. and then i worked on jurassic again so okay what were you doing on terminator uh i was the ilm soup so yeah. basically you know 
Eric was the overall, and I was basically responsible for the ILM suit. Yeah. So were you? What What was ILM doing? Were they? Were you? What was? I guess you're doing a lot, right? There was a lot of stuff. You yeah, did. it was. It was a lot of work um, that we were doing. Um, we did the the probably the most challenging work that I've ever seen and done, been a part of. Um, in the, the in the beginning of the of the film where oh the digital back, humor yeah. Yeah, uh, that was amazing. Yeah, that that was uh, you know. I feel, Eric gets very picky about that stuff. Oh my god, yeah. And I feel like it's funny. I look at where I know you, you were mentioning like AI and, and everything. Yeah. Had we done that show a year later, I think it would have the approach would have been so different. So different, right? You're absolutely right. Yeah. So yeah. it would have been. But uh, Eric, I mean, I think Eric had all that, you know, all that knowledge that he had developed mm-hmm. from from Benjamin Buttons and and from Tron mm-hmm. that his eye was trained towards a certain way of doing things. But yeah, I think you're right. I think even today you would do things differently. Yeah, you know? yeah. Would, that's that's very yeah. true. Um, yeah. yeah, we did that. We did um, the the big sort of fight on the. And DD had some of that work too. With the, I think the DD work was inside the the C five plane, but we, oh, we right. had the exterior stuff. Gotcha. Uh, and then when they went into underwater and they had to fight, sure. so yeah, we we definitely did a lot on that show. Oh wow! Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So that's those are some big ones for <laughs> for you. Jurassic Terminator, Jurassic Park, Deadpool. That's huge, man. Yeah, I know. it's amazing. You got to do that. I mean, how does it feel being a supervisor now? I mean, I love it. I really do. Like it's uh, it's just great. Do you get to be on the box at all? Uh, Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> Photoshop. Yeah. Okay. I've definitely fine tuned my Photoshop skills, but. Uh, right. No, not not really. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do much to save my life, to be honest. But I, I rely on the very talented and technical uh, artists that are that surround me. Um, right. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I basically do a little. It, I have Maya. I have uh, I have Nuke. You know, if I need to get right. in there, I do. But mostly it's just faster with. Photoshop to yeah, just marking up things and yeah, and just doing style frames that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, well, that's that's pretty cool. So I know you've uh, you got a, a new thing that I've been seeing. You post a lot on LinkedIn, which is awesome. So you've been doing Last of Us, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, so tell me a bit a little bit about that. How did you get involved with that, and how is it working on Episodic? <laughs> <laughs> All the right questions. Uh, so I the game came out. 2013. Yeah. 10 years. Did you play? Did you play last of us? Yeah, I played it. Oh. It was, I don't, like, I don't, I can't say I played the same amount of games that I used to when I was w- way younger and I have more time. So mm-hmm. when I do play now, I'm very selective. Sure. Um, so when The Last of Us came about, I played it. And I'm sure many people who have played the game would say that they, have never played a game quite like it, right? Have you played it? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's. I think there's a few. There's a few games that have come out that are a different level of storytelling than. It's not just you know because for a while games were just about shooting people, right? Yeah, I, I think I think that game when The Last of Us came out, the joke was this game is the best film of the year. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I love the game. And ever since I played a game as a fan, I was like, man, I, they have to make this into a film or a, or a TV series. Oh, 100%. Or yeah. I, I think cinematic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they were, they were, I mean, we were already seeing lots of video games turned into movies before, but this one is the most obvious <clears throat> that you could think of. Yeah, so... Um, I don't think I've ever like cried in the game. It just brought like all the emotions mm-hmm. um, came through that storytelling, right? And um, yeah, I think Bioshock Infinite was the first time I cried playing a video game. Yeah, I you know I never I, I got maybe after this show when I have some time off I'll, I'll play Bioshock because I just haven't really had the chance to. Yeah, play you can play Bioshock Infinite. You don't need to. It doesn't really matter playing the other ones. Okay. And it's still a pretty, pretty old game yeah. right now, but it's unbelievable storytelling. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I'll check it out. Nice. So okay, so so when you were, you were presented with okay, they're going to do Last of Us, and and how did that come about? So I was just finishing up. I think the t- part of it was timing as well. The timing worked out where I just finished uh, Jurassic World uh, Dominion at ILM and just waiting for my next show. Actually, I was, sorry, I wasn't quite done yet. I was probably in my last three weeks on the show. But Mm -hmm. as you know, many times we start to talk about what's next and everything. Um, Sure, sure, sure. And um, I I heard that um, The Last of Us was looking for a supervisor. Um, Just a friend of mine knew somebody in, in production and, you know, put me in touch. And I was like, well, I... I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and see how, what happens. And, um, one thing led to another and, you know, everything kind of worked out. So, uh, yeah, it was like 20, I started in, in, uh, June of 2021. Okay. We're still in prep. And so you went in as a a freelance supervisor or or as I, I had to, uh, I basically had to, leave ILM. So for, for me, I was like, I said to myself, if there's ever a show that would make me leave ILM would be the last mm-hmm. of us because there I've worked on my dream projects, Jurassic's terminators, sure. everything. What else is there? Um, and for me, it was the last of us. And, um, on top of that, it's HBO. I love HBO uh, uh, shows. I um, and I watched Chernobyl, and I love Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was like all these, all these kind of ma- sort of hints that this show is going to be something great, right? Right. Already a great story from a great game. It's great HBO, story. so you know they're going to do it right. And then Craig Mason. Yeah from Chernobyl, um, is the showrunner. So for me, I was basically all, I'm all in, right. I'm going to, I'm going to take that leap of faith and, and go for it. And probably besides, um, getting married, <laughs> probably the, the next best decision I've ever made in my life for sure. Amazing. Yeah. It's just, uh, the journey, uh, obviously hard, <laughs> Yeah. You know, nothing that is really great doesn't, it never comes easy. Right. So, um, yeah, it was a long grueling shoot. Um, we, so we prepped in June, 
Um, we we shot in Calgary, Alberta. Okay. And um, and uh, really hot summers, which I didn't mind, but then it got really cold, right? right? We were, and as you know, with The Last of Us, the journey. So we're out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You might have a heater. That's a good place to do uh, to do The Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is um, in the city of Calgary and and just the province of Alberta was super gracious with having. They wanted us there, right? And they were right. very supportive. Um, and we shot everywhere. I didn't think there's an inch of Calgary or anything that is sort of relevant to The Last of Us. Sure. And we didn't shoot. We, we left no rocks un, unturned for sure. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we shot um, Episodics. Is, is, I know that was your question. Um, it's definitely different. From features, very actually very different. Um, mm-hmm. It's more intense schedule-wise, right? So we basically had 20- and a lot more stuff you have to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we had twenty days to shoot an episode uh, here or there. Like sometimes less on some, more on others. Um, sure. Which is a lot. Which this is my first ep- uh, episodic, but that's that's quite a bit. But right. because of how big each episode was, it never felt like we had enough time, right? But that's just the that's just that's the nature of the beast. Like we're just constantly sort of as soon as you finish prepping one, you're shooting, and then as as soon as you start shooting, you're prepping for the next one. That's just how it works. Um, so that was different because features. A feature film you prep for what you're shooting that one film and you you go and besides reshoots or additional photography that's what you're shooting um so yeah it was it was definitely more intense uh with with that sort of schedule aspect and then i would say the same goes for post um right because we we have like a rolling deadline so it definitely um and at the the quality that the show deserves is basically like I'm working on nine feature films. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. so, uh, Craig's, um, sort of bar is high. HBO's bar is high. Um, and it's pay. I think it's paying off just cause I think, um, the show's doing really well. Uh, people seem to really like it. And, uh, but yeah, it's, I think it's, it's definitely, um, I'm still re- just about to wrap up the, the last episode. <laughs> I'm still, <I'm> still posting. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about that transition you made as going basically studio side. Like how, what's it like sort of, you know, when you're at ILM or at DD and your supervisor, you have a whole slew of people that you've gotten to know and you're working with every day and you, you may know the roto artist and you may know that, you know, the junior texture person that you used to be, but was, and your studio side, you, you, you're, you're probably a little bit more removed from that, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And ILM really prepared me for this, this jump. I don't think I could have done this successfully without first being spending time at ILM because um, obviously I, when I run dailies at ILM or any any vendor really, um, artists are there, it's talking to artists. Um, 
but ILM made, taught me to be really specific about my notes, about my feedback and what's really important. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of honing in that skill, I think gave me confidence that when I'm on this side, um, I can sort of be very direct. Um, cause there's nothing worse than getting like, uh, feedback that is looks ambiguous. ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, I try my best. I want it to feel blue, yeah. but not be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are the worst. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, um, so basically I would say it's, it's quite different, right? Um, sure. But at the same time, it's quite similar. I, it's, it's no sort of, uh, sort of coincidence that on this show I have DD, I have DNEG, uh, you know, these studios that, uh, I think Ireland just didn't have capacity, but, um, I have all these, um, studios that I used to work at that I have built great relationships with and sure. friends. Some, most of my supervisors I, I know, um, and are friends with, and just, I, I have a relationship with them. Right. Um, so that, that really helps. And just, it's, I mean, it's incredible working with a, a showrunner like Craig, like just, um, really like when we're looking at the shots, we're, we're part of that filmmaking process, right. And just try how to make this show better. And it's, it's less about the, Hey, that your roto edge is needs work, right? Like you're <laughs> that needs 5% of this and that when it's with him, it's just, okay, what can we do to sort of tell the story and, right. and, um, sort of, and, and, uh, so that aspect of it, I love, right. Right. It just in many ways, it brought something out of me that I didn't even know I had, uh, to be quite, to be quite honest. So it's kind of pushed me and brought the best out of me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I can, I can totally, I can totally see that. And I think you're absolutely the right person. You've always been very good at communicating. I know that from working with you <laughs> uh, and, uh, and very good at saying, you know, what we need to do to solve a problem. Uh, and you've never had any egos about anything, which I also appreciate, <laughs> <laughs> which is really cool. Um, I, I got, you know, obviously this is, this is really interesting. I mean, obviously I want to know what's going on next for you, but I, the right now, you know, one of the things that I've sort of was thought was interesting. You, you, you know, you certainly demonstrated in what you've been telling us so far is, is you have a great ability to look at something and figure out what's important and 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 prioritize and have a, a you know a look. And like you said, that your tool of choice right now is Photoshop because that's where you gotta put your notes down. Mm -hmm. uh, the the world of AI obviously has been taking everything by storm and. There's a lot of people who are worried as what is this going to do to my job or what's this going to have an effect on what I do. I have a feeling that, you know, that that you what you are doing <laughs> is the one job that's going to be hard to replace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because you're going to have to tell the AI what to do. What what or what are your thoughts on 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 first of all these new tools and out there and how it's going to change what you do or or even if it's the right thing to do or to use right i um it's pretty 
impressive what they can do. I, but I, at, the, at the end of the day, I see it as a tool, right? Just another form of Photoshop or another Maya or something. Just what I've played around with Dali mm-hmm. a little bit. And I am, I was impressed by, mm-hmm. by what, and just even just the compositing part of it and figuring mm-hmm. out like this lighting, you know, is different, but I'm going to choose an image with the lighting direction is a little more similar. I'm, blown away by what it can do. But like you said, we have to tell it what to do. And I don't know, I, I think um, it's, a, it's a tricky one where I feel like so much of what makes us humans and, and we always say like, you know, feels like this, feels like that. And so a, a lot of it's about feeling and emotions. Um, that I don't see AI being able to create that right emotion for that mm-hmm. moment yeah. that you're trying to, um, yes. So for visuals and especially things like sound, um, music, I don't think it could ever replace what we do, right? Um, I think there's always going to be a need for artists um, and I, I just always see Dolly as sort of, a, I mean, here's the thing. Dolly is great when, say, I'm in prep and there's a, like an ab- abstract idea and sure. I don't have a concept artist yet. Um, well, that's the thing, right? You just mentioned it. So you don't need a concept artist all of a sudden or that need that job. Yeah, but to I, go I away. feel like um, it's like the the phase where I can show something to concept artists and be like, here's kind of the idea, but I want you to sort of, uh, you know, do your take on it and, and sort of rather than just words on a paper and right. cut maybe the first two iterations out and then uh, work with the concept artist. I don't think it will. And honestly, for me, it will be like a, a, a way of, for me to um, work through images in my own head, right? It's, sure. it's like part of my brain rather than ha- when it's premature to talk to a concept artist. I think that's the phase where I'm talking about. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I just need to like visualize this myself before I actually can articulate what I want from a concept artist. Yeah, um, yeah. so I think it's, kind of helpful to some degree in that sense. Um, and it's, I don't know, right now it's kind of a fun toy, but yeah. it doesn't, like, I don't think it, re- it really has uh, much merit yet in the sense, at least I haven't been keeping up to it. I know they're constantly updating on, on things. Sure. Um, yeah, but I think at least in, our lifetime. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can only speak for that. I don't, I, I don't believe it will replace what we can do if ever. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. But you did mention earlier, like, you know, we would have done the digital humans differently. Right. So some of those things yeah. would have been yeah. e- easier to do. Yeah. I mean, it's still, um, I think it's taking different, for example, AI with, the face replacement with using 
uh, I forgot what it's called, uh, like deep fake sort of technology, right? Um, and I, I think we, for the end result, it's it's not really replacing. It's it's like creating the three D model, you know, doing the um, ICT scans and all that sort of. Mm -hmm. That probably is a little dated now and too expensive to be quite frank. It's just no, it's very expensive. Yeah, to to sort of go down that path. Say I have two head replacements, um, mm -hmm. and I didn't have the AI sort of deep fake sort of uh, technology. I would be stuck with spending uh, probably close to a million dollars for a hero head replacement um, to do it well. That may or may not get there. <laughs> right. Right. There's no guarantee that you do all this that. You're going to be out of the the woods with the uncanny valley. So, right. It's it's definitely uh, and so with that in mind, it's not it, like the it's part of it's just technology, right? This sure. this new AI, it's not really replacing us because it still takes us to to feed the imagery, to comping it, you yeah. know, all this other stuff. I think it's interesting because, you know, there's a lot of what I've been sort of looking at is that it can do more with less, yeah. <laughs> shall we say, yeah. right? So, like, for example, like nerfs. I don't know if you've been following nerfs and what nerfs can do. Is, I is haven't. There, which, are, which are basically, they're basically light fields, right? Yeah. But they're light fields made on with, you know, random photographs from a phone, right? So as opposed to 200 highly calibrated cameras to create a light field, you take 20 pictures with your iPhone and it turns it into a much more interesting yeah. Yeah. field, right? And so it's almost like, you know, you could take, but it's trained on some stuff, right? So you could almost take the, the ICT scans and learn from them to make a, a better scan, you know? So that was something. Right. That was also that's cool. Yeah. I, it was, yeah. That's on my list of after uh, I wrap to, to really like, pick up on all these technology things that's been just sort of working in parallel with me. I, yeah. I, I see Nerf on, on the news once in a while, but I, I, I need to read up more, more about it. It's, there's so much, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you after I uh, <laughs> finish the podcast, there's some really interesting tools that yeah. have been, that have been a playground or a, for, for me to just <clears throat> try all kinds of stuff. So yeah, um, it's really cool. You know, well, go oh, ahead. I was just going to say, it just hit me like, when we're talking about just using uh, AI like Dolly or, or something like that, mm -hmm. um, and I I think I said before um, I could use it during prep, you know, before getting concept artists, it's essentially a replacement for me in my mind, me doing Google search yes. or images, right? Yes. It's like a, a more advanced version of that. It's like doing it like it's doing a rough composition. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's just like collage of different things, ideas that, whereas I would have searched for it anyways, or tried to sure. spend a lot more time finding. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember when we would get early stages of any movie and you, you know, this just as much as anyone else, but just for the audiences, like we go into a conference room and there's just tons of reference pictures, yeah. you know, like this dog and this thing and that thing. And so you, you have all this reference that you use to build your own thing after that. Exactly. So I can see exactly what you yeah. mean by that. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's uh but okay, so you're 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 right now finishing post on the last episode of The Last of Us. So I'm very excited about about seeing that uh when it comes out and uh really good to see that. Do you know what's next for you? Um not officially. I obviously take a break. Um there's obviously season two that was announced. Yeah. Uh, I would love to do that. Um but nothing is sort of they're very they're in the very early stages of that. Sure. Um yeah, so right now I think for me what's right ahead of me is taking just a little bit of time off. I've been on this show for a year and a half. Like June would be two years. So Okay. You know, yeah. And it's been nonstop. Literally nonstop. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I know it's very exciting. Uh, to do that. And, uh, you know, it, honestly, it was really cool. When I started seeing you post a bunch of stuff on, on LinkedIn about Last of Us, like, that's, you know, I really should have Alex on. I've wanted to have you on for a while, but every now and then I get reminded, like, oh, well, he's got some cool stuff he's working <laughs> on. So this is good timing, and we should make that happen. No, yeah, it's 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 an honor. Like, I, I, I listen to a lot of great, talented people that I look up to, to uh, friends. Um, so it's... Uh, I always, I always had a dream, Chris, that one day you'd ask me. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, well, I, I kind of did. I, I, I was like, oh, it'd be fun to do this one day, you know, for, for the record. Awesome. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad we got to do it, man. It's, 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 been, it's been a long time waiting. And now, you know, you've, you've, I'm a little more seasoned as a, as a podcaster. <laughs> yeah. 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 Be happy you didn't do it in the first 50 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I used to interrupt people all the time. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, well, awesome. Thank you so much, Alex, for, for doing this. I'm very excited. To, it's, it's incredible to see your, your career and where it's gone. And, uh, and you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to do that. You know, you were talking about Blizzard earlier. And I remember very, like, early part in my career as well. I remember watching one of the cinematics, and I think it was either for Diablo or Warcraft. I don't remember, but it had this amazing shot of a crow on top of a body. Oh, yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I do. I think it was Diablo. I think uh, it was Diablo. It was John Chalfant was the, the guy who did that. Wow. Uh, who, who I got to meet later, and I was like, I remember that exact shot with the crow in the eye. Oh, it was yeah. just amazing. Yeah. yeah they're, I mean, their way of storytelling through the cinematics team was I mean the games were great. I love the games anyways. But I yeah. when the when it cut to one of the cutscenes, I was it was like watching a film. Like it's just right. So cinematic and um and this is like the nineties, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was the nineties for sure. So that's awesome. I I did remember this about that. I was like, oh man, those were those are cool memories mm. for sure. Yeah. That's cool. All right, well Alex, thank you so much for doing this. It's been great. Thank you. It's been it's been fun. Thank you very much. <laughs>